Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to a new episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Adam Raz. Uh, Adam's a repeat guest on the show, and for people who don't know, he's also one of the members of GMA Capital, one of my one of my partners that we do the investing in uh, in Texas with. Um, Adam, if you want to give everyone a little bit more of an intro to yourself, and we'll uh, we'll get into this. Thanks, Glenn. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Adam. I'm uh, the host of the Greatest Multifamily Advice Show. It's more an uh, a show on syndication and commercial real estate. Been on uh, the commercial real estate for more than 10 years now. Started in Toronto, investing on small multifamily, um, and then started to work on a, a bigger multifamily project in Canada. And it's 2020, I started to invest in U.S. and syndication. And it's been a great run so far to own a plus 150 units so far. And yeah, I appreciate having me today. That's awesome. So you just mentioned uh, syndication. Um, for I just want to define it. For people who are listening to this and they're going, what are you talking about? What is syndication? Maybe give them a little bit of a rundown. So it's a repeated question, I guess, uh, for many investors, especially passive investors. And it's coming from the perspective of the passive investor himself. And, it's, and syndication is a pool of financial uh, resources from passive or um, money raisers, um, uh, lead sponsor uh, to invest on a larger scale uh, project, especially on commercial real estate. And it's uh, have like different uh, main pattern or um, uh, elements. The first element you have to look on on a syndication is the sponsor or the lead of the project, which is um, the individual has the experience, uh, who's going to be responsible for the day-to-day -day operation. Also, the second element is going to be the passive investors, which is basically who's going to be hand-off. They're going to be uh, the main source of the uh, raising capital. Also, you're going to find the uh, property management and the asset management. So this is the main, main uh, four elements to have a syndication. Yeah. So like in layman's terms, what I like to say is like, um, we're going to pool funds in order to buy big buildings. And then there's going to be people who are on the active side. They're actually doing the day to day. And that'll be the, the passive side where investors are just, um, you know, collecting paychecks. Correct. Money, Correct. Correct. Um, whenever I, uh, I bring this up myself, a lot of people go, so are you a fund? Like, what is it that we do? Okay, so there's uh, like different terms on the market, uh, and it's all all of them is like a little bit confusing. One of them is syndication, fund, and REIT, and um, all of that should be compared to the stock option because people always comparing between stocks and investing in real estate. On real estate, you have different option. One of them, as you mentioned, is fund, syndication, and REIT. Syndication is a model when uh, the, the, the real estate team is going to invest on a single property. So um, you have a lead looking for a, a deal on commercial real estate and uh, you're looking for a passive investor who actually can look on the deal, analyze it and uh, see if this is a good fit for him or not. Yeah. Uh, Whereas the fund, uh, as a passive investor, uh, 
perspective, you're looking for a portfolio of uh, commercial real estate when you're trusting uh, a lead on his performance, not the actual property performance. And this is the difference between the fund and syndication. Whereas the REIT, similar to a fund, but it's more like a bigger portfolio when you're, you don't own an actually a part of the property, you don't have control as a passive investor, but again, you're investing on the experience and the track of record of the trust fund, uh, similar to the stock option, but on the real estate fund. And REIT basically is real estate uh, investment trust. So it's similar to stocks. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, our company, uh, uh, we're not an actual fund or REIT. We're a syndication where passive investor can invest on a deal when they actually can analyze the deal, understand the deal, understand if it's in a good good fit for them on a on a certain state or not, and understanding all of the uh, financial perspective of the deal. Yeah, that was a good explanation. Uh, layman's terms. Uh, syndication, you're going to invest in a specific project or a specific building. Uh, in a fund, you're investing in basically an operator who's going to have a whole bunch of buildings. And then uh, investing in a REIT is kind of like investing in a stock who owns a, also a whole bunch of buildings and different projects, and they can invest in kind of whatever they want. Um, Correct. You're, you're sort of trusting the fund. So the other part of this is the questions that I get is, like, are we money raisers? Are we actually syndicating the deal? Because some people do go out there and they don't actually, um, you know, underwrite the deals or do the deals themselves. They just go and raise money for people. Um, how do you answer that question when people ask you, are you a money raiser? I think this is, again, uh, uh, coming to the perspective of passive investor to understand the syndication model. A syndication model is an actual model when you have an actual team. As I mentioned on the beginning, uh, a syndication starts with a lead. And, and on, on the lead team, you have a different main um, team members. One of them money raiser. One of them is an asset management, property manager, uh, broker. So as a syndication team, when you find somebody uh, actually taking the day-to-day day -day operation, they're going to be responsible for all of that. But as a money raiser, you're not responsible for all of that. So when somebody approaches you and to know what is the difference between a syndication or syndicator and a money raiser is his track of record, what he did before, what his experience on um, managing as a property, what their previous um, uh, experience on different uh, buildings, what was the exit strategy for them? So the difference between a money raiser and a lead sponsor is their track of record, their actual experience on managing properties, and their actual experience on having a different exit. Whereas the money raiser is helping the lead sponsor to uh, close a project and to have a passive investor investing on the deal. Yeah. So basically we're doing everything. We're we're underwriting the deals, we're setting the teams, we're running the day-to-day, -day, we're managing the entire projects. We're not we're not a team of people that just come in and at the very end and help raise a money for someone else's project. We do right. projects. Yeah. Right. Um, so what kind of things can be syndicated? 
Um, can you syndicate anything? Like what, what kind of projects could you syndicate and what kind of things are we looking to syndicate? So since the syndication term can apply on all of the um, uh, commercial real estate investing assets, including um, office building, um, hotels, um, uh, multifamily spaces, um, self-storages. So this model can be applied on all of the commercial real estate uh, assets. Yeah, I've even heard about some people doing it with a whole bunch of houses and syndicating the deal. Um, but more commonly, it's what we're, we're exactly what you're talking about is the the commercial side, the residential plazas, the hotels, the you know, the large multifamily. What we're mostly looking for is the multifamily. Um, is what is our focus? Yeah, every every uh, commercial real estate asset has a different analyzing and underwriting model, and GMA is more focused on the multifamily space. Uh, model or assets. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I've created a new coaching program. I believe the new coaching program has way more value than any of the programs that have even existed in the past. What we've done is pre-recorded all the lessons so that you can work through it at your own pace, which is pretty cool. And then we're going to meet up on a regular basis to answer the questions, do deal analysis, and actually spend our time together working on things instead of spending our time learning things. I think this will make a seamless transition to buying in the United States and will help you solve a lot of your problems. If this is of interest to you, go to glensutherland.com coaching. I hope to help you guys invest in the United States and I hope we provide as much value as possible. Back to the podcast. So for GMA Capital, what is the investment strategy? Um, we're starting a project. What is the goals we're trying to accomplish? What are we trying to accomplish in the entire project? Yeah, uh, so this is a common question for all of the passive investors when they're dealing with, uh, with a syndicator or lead sponsor. And the, the answer to that is going to be depend on one is, uh, mo is a selected market. Uh, and uh, we're, we're focused on more on... on uh, Texas and San Antonio's market uh, because of the market fundamental, the size of the deals. So this is the first thing as a passive investor, you have to look on at uh, the actual um, selected market. Uh, secondly is comp competitor, uh, competitive uh, returns. So um, uh, there's three, three terms you have to look on as a passive investor when you're investing on syndication in general, which is the cash on cash or the cash flow and how it's going to be distributed. Uh, secondly is uh, internal rate of return, which is an actual uh, overall indication of your yearly um, investment uh, performance. And third thing is equity multiplier, which is basically an indication for the overall uh, performance of your uh, investment vehicle during the whole holding period. And GMA is providing 8% uh, cash on cash and um, equity multiplier, uh, two, uh, two equity multiplier and internal rate of return 18%, which is basically giving you an indication of your year-to-year -year performance with 18% uh, interest on that on your money. Yeah, and um, those, those are the underwriting numbers, right? So, you know, returns will differ and depend, depend on the project, but that's what we're we're underwriting for, what, what our targets are from, to me, make it a deal to, for us to even uh, touch. Um, maybe let's uh, dive into those um, 
terms you just talked about. Some people might be here, they might hear IRR, internal rate of return, and they might not understand what that means. So uh, I'm going to start with the cash on cash. As I mentioned, the cash on cash is, as this is a repeated question for all investors, what is cash on cash? Cash on cash is basically your uh, return on investment from the rental income, which you have to get or you're going to get it depend on the structure of the deal, whatever is monthly or quarterly. So if you're getting 8% cash on cash, that's mean every year you're going to have an average of 8% you're going to collect from the rental income and you're going to get this money quarterly or monthly. This is the first term as a passive investor you have to look on. A second term is uh, IRR or internal rate of return. And this is, like generally speaking, is a combined between your uh, rental income and your um, appreciation or appreciation of the deal. And when you're saying that your internal rate of return or IRR is 18% is a combined of your 8% of the um, cash on cash and a 10% of your appreciation of uh, selling the property. Yeah. So this is giving you an indication of your performance every every year. So if you're making 6% or 7% now on uh, the bank on a saving account, you're making 18% in total on syndication. And this is giving you, as an investor, a gener generic idea of what was your performance every year. The last term is um, the equity multiplier. So this is giving you an indication of the overall performance. So if you put X amount of money on in day one, after five years or whatever the holding period is, what is going to be the multiplier of this money? If you put X of amount of money, it's going to be 2X, 3X, 4X. And this is what is called equity multiplier. So uh, to give an example, if you put 100,000 on day one, after five years, if this is the holding period of the project, if your um, equity multiplier is two, then you're making 200,000. That's basically, you doubled your money. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get this stuff all confused and they don't understand IRR and they think that maybe they're getting that whole thing at the end, but it is a combined rate between the cash, cash on cash and the appreciation. But it's not necessarily like market appreciation where we're just, you know, the market's going to go up by so much and gain this. This is including like the, the forced appreciation that we would do to the building because when we're buying a project, there's typically a renovation that is going to happen in order to force this up, right? And then the IRR will be realized when the project is, you know, partially when they're refinanced or fully whenever they do the sale at the end. Um Another question I get sometimes when we start talking about these returns is, sure, the um, the cash on cash is 8%, and I'm going to get paid 8%, but who is paid first? Do the syndicators, the operators get paid first? Do the money partners get for, paid first? What is the order that people get paid? So uh, the order is start with the passive investor, and this is uh, what is what is coming to the uh, term of pref return. If you have on your deal structure a pref return, uh, it's a guarantee that you're gonna have eight percent minimum. You're gonna get get paid first uh, with this eight percent. Uh, the syndicator or the lead sponsor get paid after if there is enough money to for him to get paid, and uh, the lead sponsor is not getting paid on the same structure. So 
to, um, a generic term on the syndication is the split between the passive and active. And on the US uh, structure of the syndication, the general or generic split is 70, 30%. 70% for the passive investors and 30% to the active investors. And the active investor getting paid not based on the rental income, it's based on the actual fees structure, which is one of them is the asset management, which is usually 2% of the rental income per year. Also, uh, you have acquisition fee, which is again, 2% of the purchase price and disposition fee, which is 2% of the selling price. This is how a passive uh, active investor getting paid. Where is that? A passive investor getting paid from the rental income as a priority before the active investors. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So people are going to get the people who put the money in, get paid first and they get their uh, return based on the agreement that was set up beforehand. Um, and then the other amounts happen on uh, typically the bigger ones are happening on the purchases and sales and refinance sections is where the, uh, the actual active investor is going to make the majority of their money. Um, what is the exit strategy or what is an exit strategy? What are, maybe define that for people. The exit strategy depends on your economical cycle pattern or where you are in the economical cycle. So, uh, back then, within, within the last uh, 14 years between 2008 and 2022 until uh, the recession hit the, uh, the, the market, the exit pattern was depend on uh, if you're gonna develop an actual uh, adding value uh, element where you need to do an actual uh, refinancing and later on adding value and selling the property on a longer term period after doing the refinance. Uh, whereas on the um, uh, bottom of uh, the economic cycle, like what we're having now, the exit strategy is usually is buying at uh, a higher cap rate, uh, which is I'm gonna explain later, which is basically buying a property with a discount price and sell it on a different market cycle within five to six years when you can actually get the difference on the price and the property is gonna be appreciated because you're buying on a discount price and sell it at a better price. So the exit strategy on the bottom of the economic cycle is to buy on uh, a discount this price and sell it at a better price. Yeah, because this is a guarantee uh, philosophy when you're working on 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 a bottom of the economical cycle. Yeah, and all about that all. Gathering information for that is really important and having really good sources so you know exactly where you are and you understand what the cap rates currently are and what the current trends are um, so that you're underwriting correctly. When syndicators are underwriting or accepting money from passive investors, the amount that they accept varies. What typically does uh, GMA Capital accept as the minimum investment in order to work on a project? So uh, this is coming to the point of the structure of the deal. So with uh, non-accredited investors on our previous two deals, the uh, main structure was 50,000 US, 50, 50, US dollar. 
and for credit investor was 150,000, but every deal is different and depend, as I mentioned, to the structure of the deal. If you have a deal with all of the deals structured, all of the deals structured with non-accredited, it's different than a credit investor deal. Yeah, and then, um, so this, let's go, kind of go through this uh, a deal. So people have invested. Um, how does the communication handled? How does the the process go? What what kind of feedback do they get throughout? I think this is again a good question for passive investors' perspective when they selecting an actual uh, sponsor or a, a lead sponsor on a deal, where to understand uh, the track of record is based on also successful communication, and the successful communication is a quarterly or monthly reporting of the um, of the performance of the property and this is can come from the property manager and the property uh, uh, asset management of uh, the syndicator uh, or the team lead of the syndication model and this is again coming to the uh, passive investor uh, due diligence to the uh, sponsor you have to ask about how you're gonna have uh, evaluation of your investment is going to be quarterly is going to be uh, uh, yearly is going to be monthly and this is where the good syndication team uh, come in place when they can explain what they did previously on the previous project and what they did and how they circulated this information and the performance of the property if you were a passive investor and you saw multiple syndicators how do you pick a syndicator that ideally is going to be the best one to work with your money? I think it's, it's again, for me, again, this is a really good question. And for me, it's a rational decision, depend on the performance and the numerical data of the syndicator himself. So you have to look on one, how many deals he closed on, how many exit strategy he performed, how many um, units he actually have under management right now uh, you have to ask about uh, previous performance and get references from uh, the syndicator about uh, previous uh, relationship with passive investors so again it's a i think it's more like a term of a professional passive investment uh, due diligence so you have to look for information on his previous deals on his previous performance, how many exits he did, how many units he has under contract or under management right now. Yeah, and I like to also ask if he's, uh, how they made the money, how, how did it work? Was it just the market? Because we had a ton of appreciation and uh, cap rates going down during uh, the recession, or sorry, down during COVID, but um, did they just make their money because of that or did they make their money because of value adds or how are they doing this, right? Is it what, what how did this come about, right? So when someone's passively investing in a syndication, what kind of documents do they get to review beforehand? I think this is a, a really a good question, a good question for passive investor to understand the legal side of the deal structure, where uh, you have to uh, understand that the syndication model is structured based on as uh, a security law in every state, and the deal has to have an actual security lawyer, which is actually pro providing the passive investors, the active investor, and all of the syndication team 
with uh, uh, the main two documents, which is which is the operation agreement and the private placement memorandum or the PPM. And this is like, I think, one of the main um, element for the passive investor to start with and can ask uh, the lead sponsor to provide a copy and start to uh, ask for assistance from legal perspective to understand the roles of the passive investor because one of the things from as a passive investment perspective is that your involvement on the project is with limited liability and this is one of the advantages of the uh, syndication model where the passive investor has a limited liability and hands off from the day-to-day -day operations so another common question we often get is what is the difference between a REIT and a real estate syndication? So uh, I think this is, again, coming to the perspective of the passive investor strategy to invest. What is his criteria? So uh, both and REITs and uh, syndication has advantages. One of the main advantages of the syndication model is higher returns, the more control uh, on the investment strategy, and also the more benefit, and one of them is the tax uh, depreciation, which you can claim with IRS. Uh, but where uh, where uh, the strategy is different with the passive investors, they can be more uh, attracted to the REIT option uh, when they're looking for more liquidity because the REIT structure is similar to stocks where you can have more control to liquidate your investment quickly like a stock option but on the same time you don't have control on the assets because again as i mentioned REIT structure is uh, similar to fund structure when you actually investing on the track of record and the previous experience on a company not on actual asset and you don't have control on the asset itself you cannot uh, evaluate the performance of the asset. So this is, I think, the main the main uh, advantages of both options, uh, which is, I think, is depend on the passive investor uh, strategy. For people who are thinking about investing in real estate, and some of them might be sitting on the sidelines because they're scared. Like um, we're in a bit of a downturn right now. Um, for people who are scared to invest because of that. Uh, what would you say? What, what, what kind of advice, what kind of um, forecast do we see for uh, investing in, in multifamily? I think uh, you have to look on, again, numerical wise of uh, the previous performance of the economical cycle on the different uh, pattern, on the different um, market cycle and this happened on the 80s and 90s and 2008 which is the last one was mainly about uh, the crash of the real estate but on the 80s uh, the crash was different it was before the before because of the gulf war as uh, the 2000 collapse was because of the um, the internet uh, booming and the computer companies so in every um, downturn or a market cycle, you're going to find the same pattern, which is uh, understanding uh, the, the reasoning of the downturn and the appreciated or the top of the market. Right now, the main question you have to ask yourself as, as, as a passive investor, are we yet on the bottom of the market cycle or not? 
And if this is a good time to invest on any investment vehicle, and one of them is uh, commercial real estate. To understand that, you have to understand what is the indication we have now compared to the previous uh, downturns on the 80s, 90s, and, and the 2000s. So one of the major uh, indication of the bottom of the market, market cycle is the bankruptcies and the government in, intervention. We see the government already intervene on the last one and a half year to raise the interest, uh, the interest uh, rates to almost the highest on the last uh, 15 years. Uh, also, we see ra raising of the, the unemployment rate the reduce consumer spending. So all of this is giving you an indication that we're hitting the bottom of the market cycle, which happened in 2008. And you can see this also on the price reduction and the distresses property. So you can find right now on the commercial estate, for example, you're going to find that the cab rate is going like like a skyrocket on most of the markets. So I'm gonna give you an example for that. Uh, San Antonio's market was from just one year, the cap rate which, which was about five and a half percent, which now almost 7%. And the cap rate is basically an indication of the reduction and the reduced price of the, all of the property. So uh, last year on 2022, uh, the average, uh, unit price uh, for a B class and C class was about 100 and 110. Right now, the average uh, unit price on the same market is about 56 to $60,000, which is a huge um, reduction on the price because of the uh, all of the uh, element and the indication of the bottom of the economic cycle. As I mentioned, falling of the asset prices, uh, the lot of bankruptcies and the government intervention and which is mainly about uh, the industry yeah and you're also seeing the fed start to change their tone before they were all about pushing down lowering the uh the uh, sorry raising the uh interest rates because of inflation now their their most recent uh conversations are about possible drops in 2024 so they, they've changed their tone, right? So it's, we're in my opinion, we're close to the bottom or we're at the bottom. And no one has a crystal ball about that, but no. we see that the actual, uh, as you mentioned, Fed um, interaction with, uh, with the current market is really positive that we're going to see an actual settle down on 2024, but for longer period until 25, we're not expecting uh, huge turn on the interest rate. We're not going to see 5% and 4% on the near future, but it's just an actual settle for longer period that you're going to find the prices and the interest rate are really settled on the next uh, 14 to 18 months. Yeah. And I, I noticed that in the, the last explanation, you, you mentioned cap rates. Um, and when you're mentioning cap rates, some people completely understand what you're talking about. For some people, it may have went over their head. Um, could you maybe just talk about what a cap rate is and then perhaps um, how it's like inversely related to the, the purchase prices or the, the value of the properties? 
I think coming to the cap rate is really essential for both uh, for passive and active investors to understand the term because for passive investor when they hearing cap rate they have to understand what does this mean. So cap rate is an actual indication in any investment uh, vehicle show how uh, what is the performance of the property between the generated income and the purchase price. So the cap rate is the actual and its actual formula of the investment returns to the purchase price higher the number is is better investment vehicle lower the number is is a bad investment decision so to put it on perspective when you're investing on on a fringe market like a new york california or washington compared to texas or uh, Miami or Florida is a cap rate. Where in New York, for example, when uh, on a on a certain asset class like multifamily, you're gonna find that the a cap rate is three to four percent. Whereas on in Texas, the cap rate is seven percent. This is a good indication the difference between your two investment decision. Where is a seven percent is guarantees that you're gonna have a healthier project with higher returns higher cash flow, but with a lower cap rate, you have less and more dependent on appreciation only. So again, the cap rate is indication on how healthy your investment from the perspective of the returns. Yeah, and it's, it's just a way to compare different asset classes too. So if you wanted to try to compare a hotel to an apartment building to a gas station, it's just a way to compare... It's just to try and level this so you can make this make sense. And it's inversely related. So uh, a really low cap rate will make a very expensive property, right? And uh, um, so when we're talking about cap rates going up, it's pushing pressure on the values of the properties to come down. Um, and that's where we're seeing the higher cap rates right now in the same markets. When we look at the graphs, you see how, it, it, how it, it's an arc. What we're underwriting for and what we're seeing as the um, the future values is a future arc to come back up. And if you're doing a three-year or five-year project, you should be able to catch this on the opposite side of the arm. So that means that in two, three to five years, you should see the cap rates coming back down, which would make the values go up. That about right? <laughs> Correct. So as I mentioned right now, uh, this is again one of the advantages of investing on the bottom of the market cycle that you have a guarantee that because you're buying at a higher cap rate, this is not cannot be sustained for uh, uh, the whole uh, holding period of the commercial real estate project. So right now, the pattern of the market cycle is that every five years, you have a different market cycle. So right now, we are on the bottom of the market cycle when you're buying on a higher cap rate with a discount price. And after five to seven years, when you're actually ending the holding period, you're going to have a higher um, a market price for your property and lower cap rate. So it's a guarantee that you're going to get a better price or better performance of your investment and you're going to get a premium premium price when you sell your property which is basically an indication of buying at higher cap rate and selling at lower cap rate 
Yeah. So it's a huge advantage right now compared to buying a year ago or a year and a half ago, because those people were buying at a lower cap rate, um, which has now went up, which meant the values of the properties have went down. Whereas now uh, in this current market, we're buying at the bottom of the arc, uh, meaning that the cap rates should come down, making the values go up. So anyway, um, so I'm going to change gears a little bit. If an investor isn't interested in the long-term commitments that, you know, typically come from doing a real estate syndication where typically it's going to take, you know, three to five years to complete a renovation uh, and get to the point to do the refinance or the sale. Are there other solutions that um, an investor could be in it for a shorter period of time? I think this question has mainly came up lately with passive investors, especially on downturn and uh, how risky the investment is from their perspective. And I think uh, uh, being part of a syndication model that doesn't have to be on the equity side. So you can be on the debt side. And the syndication structure is based on the both, both uh, I think, uh, element, which is the debt and the equity. Uh, the usual structure was a syndication model, uh, an LLC uh, under security law is a passive investor investing as a partner, as a as a passive investor. So passive investor can be on the equity side or the debt side. So another option, I think, for a passive investor is to invest on, on the uh, debt side where you actually get a proof return similar to uh, the agency loan where the lo main sponsor applying for a loan with a pref uh, of return, but of course it's going to impact your total return because on the debt side, you get paid first, but with lower return, but on the equity side, you're getting, uh, again, uh, you're getting paid first, but was with different return structure uh, on the syndication model. So to compare Apple to Apple, as a debt partner, you can get six to seven to eight to nine percent. But where uh, you are an equity partner, you're getting seventeen to eighteen percent. You have more control on the deal. You have to look on the. Uh, you have the right to look on the performance of the deal. But on the debt side, you're getting uh, ref return. Uh, similar to what the syndicator dealing was uh, agency loan or banks. Yeah. So uh, to rephrase that a little bit, what basically you're going to get is um, if you're going to compare the cash on cash return, which would be your like monthly payment that you'd get for investing in a syndication. If you're an equity partner, um, you're typically going to get a lower rate than a debt partner. The perk to being the equity partner is you're going to get a larger return overall because you're going to get a piece of the deal when it sells. You're going to get a piece of the deal when it refinances. So overall, um, a lot of people, like even most people are more interested in becoming an equity partner to be part of the deal um, to get the larger returns. But if your goal is just to get um, a higher return monthly currently, but not as high return overall, um, then you could become a debt partner. And it's easier to swap out debt partners because you're not having to factor in future sales, future refinances, because they'll be able to get their money. Um, it's just it's just a straight payment. This is a flat number. You get paid a certain amount every single month. It's almost like being like a private lender, but secured against a, a large piece of real estate. Um, 
Adam, this is great information. I think there was a lot of uh, a lot of pieces that for anyone who didn't fully understand how this will work, how they'd get paid, what the risks are, how the how our numbers are calculated. I think we really uh, you, you really tackled what uh, and, and helped them understand what was going to happen. Um, if people were interested in, uh, you know, GMA capital or to learn more about, you know, being a passive investor, how syndication works, um, how would they reach out to us, to, to, to GMA capital? Again, thanks for having me today. I think uh, it's um, the main thing you can go and go to gmacapital.com. You're going to find on the contact us uh, menu to contact me or Glenn or Mo to have a 30-minute conversation about your investment goals, your uh, next step on uh, on real estate syndication, or you have, have any generic comments about syndication. Uh, also, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram under GMA Capital Group. And you're going to find a lot of like uh, weekly posts about uh, generic ideas about uh, investing in real estate and commercial estate and update on the market and the recession and next uh, Fed's steps uh, on the market. Yeah, that's great to, to bring up. But yeah, do come and follow us. Um, Adam's going to be putting out content. I'm putting out contact. Mo is putting out content. There's going to be a lots, of, lots of stuff to learn, lots of stuff to see what we're working on um, to, to gather. And if you do book a call, you actually will be talking to myself or Adam. This isn't uh, one of these things where you're talking to some virtual assistant or someone just trying to get your information. We do want to help you. We want to help you understand um, what what the investment looks like. We want to make sure that everyone's educated and, and understands uh, the whole process. Um, Adam, appreciate you coming on the show again. And uh, like I said before, tons of information, tons of the answers, and uh, great uh, spot to find us if you're looking for some, some more information. Again, thanks for having me and happy holiday for everyone. Happy holidays, everyone. That was a nice video. Bye.